All right, welcome to Comic Culture, uh, uh, the podcast that always seems to educate and inform. Uh, we have uh, young Walter Duralia here, and I'm Chris Owen. We're going to talk a little bit about comics. Hey, Chris, that was an excellent intro. Did you like that? I just kind of made it up on the fly. You know what? Unlike me, yeah. I script mine always. Tell I know me. you do. I know you do. Um, yeah, hey. Um, so, so listen, last week we were talking about... Um, what makes a good store a good store? We kind of ran out of time, right? Uh, and we, the, the thing is, we didn't. We, we don't really have a timeline, but we this could have taken like gone on on for an hour and a half. So we cut it at a half an hour, uh, and we're going to continue. We on. did. Uh, to be fair, we did a um, a poll, a survey uh, to people how long they're willing to listen to us. Yeah, and the number one time frame was one to two minutes, <laughs> but. <laughs> It capped out around 30. Right. So right. we know not to go past 30. So listen, we were talking about... What were we talking about? We were about? talking about... Uh, we had, we, initially, we were talking about uh, uh, stores. And what makes a good comic book store uh, profitable? What makes it a good comic book store? What makes a good comic book store a good store? Like, why do you want to go to these places? And what make, what, how is it that they're able to stay in business? So hold on. So we La- talked a little bit so about... Uh, last week, I think we recapped last week, we recapped on how we kind of started the shop and yeah. how I started the shop. Yes. Uh, um, now, we didn't Now we didn't really... We, we, we kind of got into that. Now, we, we talked at the end of the last show a little bit about uh, Silver Snail and how they were selling... Oh, uh, that's right. That's where we ended it with uh, right. they're selling a lot of statues. Oh, yeah. I was talking about how it's important to have people on staff that right. are immersed in certain so, sections. I want to I want to I want to I want to go back a bit here. So because you were, we were kind of doing the this is your life with right. uh, you, me you making the store. So now you went to uh, Big B. You, you opened Big B Comics yeah. um, on Upper James. And now, initially, initially, you were really strong in uh, back issues. Right. Really strong in back issues. Right. Now, your store has changed since then. Uh, you're still strong in vintage, but ne- not necessarily as strong as you were before. Because remember, you used to have those bins and bins and bins of comics that you, you would have. And then you'd have the 25-cent bins underneath. And, and now, it's like a fraction of what it used to be. Yeah, well, that's part of I think things change, right? And and, and uh, um, that's the part of my shop I don't like. Okay. Uh, and I think I think uh, it's important to kind of talk about how everybody's local comic shop is going through the same thing. So there may be one, two, maybe three people in there that are kind of kind of spearheading everything right right? and they're all limited with time and especially one of them is going to have all that kind of bs administration and and financial and and accounting stuff that they got to do because it's a business right right right. and it has employees and it has a location and it has rent and it has all kinds of things and invoices and yeah and 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 and, uh, zonings and bylaws and all that kind of crap that they have to put up with and stuff and that takes time right to stay on top of um but so think about think about like I the only thing I whine about and I whine to myself and now I'm going to whine to everybody yeah well we're, I'm used to it fair um, the thing I'm displeased with myself uh, at the most right now is is I can't get and feed all the babies I, I talked about this before all the babies I had I need to feed. You know, I, I need to feed our eBay auctions. Right. I need to feed our ICE listings. I need to feed our BigB.com vintage listings. I need to feed the back of the store showcase and bins. Sure. 
uh, I need to feed eBay, buy it now. Right. Right. And when you have, and the problem with a comic shop, because we discussed before, Chris, how you can't survive just on retail invoice items alone. Right. A good collectibles shop will have do really well and have good people and have good systems and have good you know, barcode stuff in place to make sure that everybody's orders are processed and yeah, yeah. anybody's pick list or you know pull service thing and special orders come in on time and that's all that technology stuff and yeah. diligence at the counter yeah, and, and yeah. doing all that stuff but it's not enough really to have a healthy comic shop unless, like I said, uh, I think I said in the last show, uh, so you're, you... you're, in, you're in like a major metropolitan center like downtown Toronto or downtown New York or downtown right. Melbourne. Now, what about, like what about, now there are stores that sell, sell, and then we talked about this before. We sell, like, because with comics, you know, we're, we're mainly talking about the floppies, you know, the ones, the monthly yeah. comics. But we, you know, you see some stores that emerge in malls and they don't have any any like floppies or anything like that they just sell trade paperbacks and they sell merchandise yeah okay but they're not really comic shops they're aren't they they're, they're collectible shops they're you can you can almost count them as bookstores really or toy stores or or, or you know because I think a comic store still is defined with the monthly floppies. Right. If I could define a comic shop, I say if you don't deal in monthly floppies, yeah. you're not a comic shop. Right. You're a pop culture store that sells graphic novels and, and, and you know Japanese pillows and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. if you don't have a pull service where people coming in for their brand new Batman yeah, or their brand yeah. new whatever, I, I, I don't know if you can count yourself as a comic Okay, that's store. fair. I, agree. I would agree with that. Um, so I forget where I was. Uh, retail, you can't, the stores can't survive on retail alone. Right. Stores can't survive on retail alone. Thank you. So I, I'm finding it that I'm having a hard time doing those things because the local comic book store, the only part of those five items that I'm, I'm failing at, I'm doing half-ass each five of the items because I'm trying to do five of the items. The only part that's relevant to a local comic book store is the stuff at the back of the store in the showcase. The vintage showcase. The vintage showcase or the vintage bins. Right. Right. Now, um, when it comes to that stuff, now, okay, so I I agree with you you that a store needs to have that that material. Mm -hmm. But I've seen some stores pivot and they sell maybe more retail and they have just a smattering of that or uh, they, they pivot to a completely different audience. So... You know, I know that uh, you know when 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 Big B first opened up in what 1998, 96, 90, 90, the, first the one on Upper James. Oh, 99. 99. So I remember not too long after that, or maybe even right right at the beginning, Pokemon was a big thing, mm-hmm. and that really helped to a um, lot of sales for your store. Right. 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 Uh, not just um, not not just the individual packs, but the the resale, like the the you know second hand, second hand, like the Charizard by itself, right? Or the Blastoise so by itself. It, I, I guess what I'm what I'm going to ask is: Is it easy for a store like that to be able to pivot to a collectible that becomes so hot so quickly? No, it's not. You need somebody on staff that understands it and, and, and understands the second hand nature of it, the upsell of it, uh, the the market for it, right? Right? Because if you don't like, think about me trying to sell, you know. Uh, wax hockey cards right you know and opening them up i don't know anything about hockey cards sure right i know how to play legis with them <laughs> put them in your bike spokes that's right that's all i know how to do with hockey cards uh, right. i don't know how to monitor 
the thing is, and this is the hard part, those types of people are kind of rare. Because uh, the only way you come out of that with that knowledge is kind of a lifetime of immersion into right. that. Where you, you're, you're seeping in knowledge not because you're studying, but because you're collecting, and because you're, you know, you're, you're, you're learning because you want to learn. But it's not learning. It's like it's, it's like it's a passion. It's a passion, and you want to get some information that you need to know because you need to buy a card. So you go online, or you read a book, or yeah. whatever. You look at a price guide, and then times that by, you know, four four thousand seven hundred times that year, you did something like that related to your hobby. Right. Times that by twenty five, thirty years. Yeah, yeah. You're like an expert. Sure. You're 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 on sure. top of it. You you understand. Yeah. And it's you know you can't put a new hire that's super duper at the till. Sure. They're friendly, they're knowledgeable, they're smart, they're bright, yeah. but they haven't got a clue right. of the commodity and the collectible. Right. right. And so you can't staff yourself. So our shop, we're lucky. We have three, and I use the term and I hate the term, but we have three people that I call the talent. Right. Right. And I'm one of them. Yeah. And I only mean by the talent is we understand aspect of the second hand goods right uh marketplace right right, right. and we can buy for profit right that right, comes right. in off the street we don't have to take you know literally 92 hours to look oh man to look online on ebay past sales have you, ever, have you ever been to a store that didn't have any of their books priced and they have to look up every single book right and yeah. oh that's painful yeah uh that's not good not good so you know a comic shop these days needs to be well-versed at secondhand goods. I think a comic shop these days needs to have more than one comic book basket. They need comic books. They need graphic novels. They need related comic culture toys. They need collectible card games up at the front counter like so, your okay. uh, Pokemon and, yeah. and Magic. And, and you know. So you started to say, and I kind of cut you off. So you started to say you have talent. So you, you, do the, you do the comics. Right. What else do you have? What else you got for me? Well, we're 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 a pretty good uh, store because um, we also are experts at toys, right? Right. High end collectible toys. Yeah, yeah. We send toys down to AFA, right? Whatever that's called. Yeah, I think it's yeah, American yeah. something. Uh, action figure. Thank you. Not even American. Or, uh, authentication. I think it is. Right. Yeah. So you know, just like CGC does for comics. Yeah. We you know so we deal in those high end toys. Right. Uh, we deal in cards, right? Whether they're sports cards, like we have Wayne Gretzky rookie cards, sure, and, sure. And, and uh, um, but we also deal in magic cards. Yeah. Um, we also deal in uh, Pokemon cards. Yeah, you yeah. know, so we have people on staff that understand those marketplaces. Right. And those marketplaces have better margins sometimes than uh, your retail. Oh, right? a lot of times. Yeah, and, yeah. and you need that margin to you know pay for everything sure it's, it's like a it's a tough business the business is all about volume and that's where we're going back to you know location if you want a shot listen we've all we all know we've all been into comic shops god bless these guys yeah 100 99% of the time they're guys but you know that shopkeep that sole proprietor that person yeah. up at the front that guy's up there from uh the moment he uh, comes in to yeah, the moment yeah, he leaves yeah. Hey, yeah that guy's doing his diamond order up yeah. there that guy's making his phone calls up there I, I, that guy can't afford to 
hire a part-time kid to come in. That's right. Hey, I remember. I remember, I remember there was one, one time where I was working for one comic book store, and I was working there uh, six days a week, and I was doing everything myself. <clears throat> oh, sorry. <laughs> I just wasn't necessarily referring to you, but right. You know, I just. But my point is, is at least that shop was forward thinking. In a sense, of, hey, we're going to get we're going to get talented people. Oh, and, I see. yes, that is know, true. Yes. And let them do the stuff for it. So the sole proprietor or whoever the owner or owners were at the time, right? They can go out and buy the huge collections, right? And, and right. all that kind of right, stuff, right? Right? And, right? And uh, so anyway, uh, shops need to diversify is the key word, right? They need to diversify in in the pop culture world because pop culture is not. I don't know if there's that many more exclusive comic book collectors anymore that just kind of, they they care nothing about anything else other than comics. Right. I think you're seeing a lot, and I, I, I know at our shop, we've bought a card collection off one of our comic subscribers. Right, right, right. right. We sell toys to sure. a whole bunch of our comic subscribers. Well, then there's like statues. And, right. right, you know what I mean? So there are many people that, yeah, you know, are into it cross disciplines. Right. Best way to say it. So I don't know. Uh, I think, um, I think, um, you know, a shop diversifying is super duper important. A shop that has to, you know, everything, Chris. I mean, even having a good name, right? Uh, I wrote an article a couple of weeks back about uh, how people don't uh, open up their comics, right? You know, when, before they buy them. And a couple of comments came in about, you know what, if you know who you're buying from, it's not as big as an issue as you think. And well, I agree. I and agree. I agree yeah. too. Yeah. And yeah. It, it hit me when they said it. Uh, because if something did turn out wrong, the book was missing a page, they take it back to their shop. Right. You know, we'll redeem it, and so will a lot of the other great shops. They'll redeem it too. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. It's, well, um, I remember, I mean, like, and it's a great point because I remember when I was a young kid. And uh, my dad was a big sports card collector, so I used to go to these sports cards shows with them all the time. There used to be one at the Lakeshore Hotel, I think that's what it was called, um, in uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to go to the show all the time, and uh, you know, young young guy. And I was I, I I liked sports cards, but I was more interested in comics and that kind of thing. Uh, and there happened to be a, a comic dealer there. It wasn't you, don't worry. Uh-huh. And. Uh, so I walk in and I had a little bit of money. I mean, this is a long time ago, so comics were way cheaper than they are now. But uh, I think I ended up buying a Daredevil number four off of the guy, Purple Man. Purple Man, and uh, I took it home and opened it up, and sure, it was missing half the back page. Mm. So disappointed, but of course, you know, live and learn. I didn't. I didn't look through. I was. I was so excited to be able to buy comics that day right. at a show that I was with at my dad at the sports card show, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I thought, here I, you know, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to be kind of bored after about an hour or so. Yeah. But here I was stuck at this. You know, I went to this guy's booth and I was happy and yeah. I bought some books and uh, yeah. So you know, live and learn. Uh, you know, I never did that again. But would I would I do that if I was buying from you? Probably not. Right. If I'm going to do it from right. anybody else that right. I don't know, yeah, I'm going to open them up for sure. Right. right. So th- there's that level. So the, the community, you, but this is what you have to earn. My point. Your comic shop has to earn your trust as a customer. 
uh, not, not just in uh, that the comic book is going to be complete or that it's going to be graded roughly uh, equitably, but also that you know they're going to get the product that they pre-ordered. Right. You know, little things like that. Execution of service is super duper important for comics. Sure. Something overlooked by a lot of comic shops. Not necessarily sometimes maliciously, but just because people are so tied up doing other things so let me ask you this now over the course of the number of years you've been open uh various trends have come along and uh certainly toys and other paraphernalia is a big part of comics have you ever thought about not offering that and going strictly comics no like just going i'm looking i'm always looking for what what other basket can we order in terms of product lines Okay, so yeah, you're, you're looking for more things. To more sell. things rather than less. Right, right. Because right. if you know, but do you think that you could sell more comics and do better at that if you got rid of everything else? I don't think so. No, no, no I don't think so. I think uh, you, you're going to get your core comic people coming in, but right now you're going to get your card guys coming in to pick up their magic packs. They'll pick up a comic. Yeah, you're going to get uh, if you hold kids' books. You know, you're going to get the mom and dads come in for the little kids, and right. they, they might grab a comic or a graphic novel for so, him. So where does it end? So I guess my point is, so where does it end? Like, so why not sell DVDs, movies yeah, about you comics? Should. You should, but you need the the expertise. You right. need somebody on staff that knows how to do it, right. that is passionate about it, that can grow that compartment of your business. Right. Right. Um, that's the only way to success. That's the thing about it. With these collectible comic book shops, really the, the the key component of success is expertise. Right. Expertise in the departments that you want to carry. I mean, we've heard it before. We tried, I think we tried something like that, DVDs or anime. Right. Or anime were those, which is the videos, manga or an anime? Uh, anime. Anime. And you tried, you had, you had manga for a long we time. We had manga for a long time. We had, we, then we tried anime. And we... You know how we tried anime? We got like 12 anime videos. <laughs> and we had a little department. Yeah. And we're just waiting for it to grow. And, hope, and, and hoping that some of it sells. Yeah, and yeah. nothing sold. Yeah. And maybe yeah. one and yeah. stuff. Because, but we, we didn't know what to order. We right. just bought the same thing that was selling on, on manga. Sure, right? sure. But no, but if you had somebody that so, was okay, nurturing so, that that. Thing. Now, now here, there's a good point. So you had, uh, you, you, I remember you had a wall of manga at one point, right? So what happened to that? I think, honestly, Chris, we lost our manga people. What do you mean? You lost your manga the, the, people? The people on staff that were into manga. Ah, okay. Right? So you don't think that the the, 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 the craze necessarily? I think it, it it died, died down, down, definitely died down. But that doesn't mean that you, as a shop, couldn't still be one of the few places in town. That all the existing manga fans about, went to. What about uh, you know your chapters and your your indigos and all those other bookstores? They hurt that the, that sale a little bit. They might have, but uh, let's say for our graphic novels, your chapters and indigos in Canada is like your Borders and Barnes and Nobles in the United States. Yeah, those those dedicated huge box bookstores. As um, we we you know to this day have a much wider selection of graphic novels than they ever will. But they have a deeper selection, mm. right? So, you know, maybe the top 100 graphic novels, they'll always have, you know, 30 copies of right, each. Right, right. Right, whereas we'll have maybe four or 5,000 individual graphic novels in stock. We may only have one or two. But, yeah, and, you know, and maybe the brand new, back in the day, let's say the brand new Walking Dead one came out. Sure. We may have 20 of them available or something yeah, yeah. like that. But, um, you know, um, eh, um, 
you know, while we're here, let's talk about differentiation, right? Yeah. Uh, as a comic shop, you want to put your imprint on your community, whether it's old being the best in town at back issues, whether it's, uh, you know, let's bring up the Big Island. Yeah, yeah. The Big Island is world famous as a comic shop in Toronto yeah. as one of the best indie alternative alternative comic stores in the world. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, so they can sell stuff that we could never sell. Right. Small press, small print. European uh, prints. European prints. Uh, local. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember we had Casey on uh, yeah, a few weeks uh, ago, uh, a month or so ago, and um, he was talking about how difficult it was for creators to get into uh, comic shops because the comic shop shopkeep is the enemy of every independent creator. Absolutely. They well, hate independent right. creators. Right. And so, I mean, they so, despise them. So now you have, you know, have places like Substack or, uh, or uh, what do you call it? Kickstarter, Indiegogo, those kind of things that are, right. that are helping. But what's interesting. So for example, um, you know, I've talked about the, 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 the comic zombie tramp yep. on the show before. Mm-hmm. So zombie tramp was created by this guy, Dan Mendoza, Independently, right. Then it was brought out by this company called Super, or partnered with, I should say, partnered with Super Real Graphics, which died a little while after that. And then that same comic was then picked up by Action Lab Comics uh, under their Danger imprint because it was more of an adult, right? Uh, recently, I don't know the reason why exactly, but recently he now has uh retained own, full ownership and full copyrights printing publication ownership to be able to go back and do his zombie tramp again mm-hmm. so because for whatever whatever deal he made with action lab he couldn't do it on his own right well now action lab lost those rights and now he's doing it on his own but now he's going to do that solely through kickstarter right. right so so how does that so you know i know that a lot of these creators are going straight to that kickstarter but they still need comic shops. I know right now he's running a, uh, or at least a while ago, he was running a contest saying, like, you know, get the word out. Right. But I don't, I don't know enough about this, to, but like, like, like always, I'll put my foot in my mouth. No problem. Sure. So I'll say stuff that I really don't know much about because I'm saying it as an opinion right. as opposed to as a learned fact. Right. Um, you know, Kickstarter is a way of, of these small independent guys saying, yeah, thanks a lot, independent comic shop owner. Yeah. I can't rely on you for nothing. Kind of. Right? Yeah, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, because, you know, us as an independent comic shop owner, Chris, I don't know. I mean, Hamilton, Ontario is, you know, like you know, GT, GHA, Greater Hamilton Area, is yeah. about like 700,000 yeah. people, maybe yeah. a little bit more. So it's not a million town, but it's close, and yeah. it's it's right beside Toronto. Right. So you know, an hour's drive, you're talking about three, four million people sure. for our shop. Um, but um, I don't know how many times uh, we get solicited a year, dozens and dozens and dozens of time with new creators. Hey, I got this. I got that. I can't even sometimes be bothered to reply. I just hit delete. It's the worst <laughs> thing. You should at least say... You that should. Poor, that poor schmo is working his ass off yep. or her ass off yep. uh, to get this stuff done. And here, some some ass 
won't even reply to their right, email. Right, right, right. But it's like, eh, well, you know, like, it doesn't sell. My clients don't like this. They did that. So it's just like the lazy way out right. is just to delete the email or, or, or whatever, right? Right. But these people are, 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 are that's why they have to go. They, they do these things. And do these things. So, so, but. So comic shops are dropping the ball on, on small press. Stuff. Sure, sure. Uh, God bless, um, you know, let's say in Canada, you get a, a shop like just a titan. Just a pioneer, just a beautiful shop is uh, Strange Adventures in Halifax. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, Callum there. He uh, he champions. He he made it. Halifax isn't a big town. No, might have a hundred thousand people in. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, it could be wrong. Could be more. But what any anyway? It's not a big town. No. Um, and the problem is with Hamilton. You drive away from Hamilton. You like you hit Toronto. Right. Or you hit Niagara Falls. Right. Or you hit you know other big cities. Waterloo. Kitchener, Waterloo, London. Like yeah. it's everything's close. Yeah. It's like it's like the center of Canada in terms of population. Right. Um, you drive away from Halifax. You're gonna just hit nothing. <laughs> yeah. You right? hit the water. Yeah. Water or, or the hinterland. Yeah. Right. So for a person like that to say, hey, I'm championing. Local creators, I'm championing small creators, small press, small thing. Darwin Cook came through there. Yeah. Right? Yep. There you go. Yep. Hey. Yep. You know, hey, I, I saw, uh, you know, and, and how many people didn't become Darwin Cook that that shop changed? Sure. Right? Sure. But so my point is, is, you know, there's a lot that shops will always consistently fail at. Right. And, you know, and for our shop, it's definitely supporting small press publishing. Right, right. right. And, and can you imagine if we guessed right on two or three or supported all of them and two or three came through? Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, you know, we could be a big guy. Well, I mean, you, right? you, you guys used to have like. I mean, I, nobody's done anything like this lately, but you used to have, uh, you know, guests. So uh, our, our artists and writers come through the shop. But usually and they're people that have already worked for Marvel or DC. Course, right, right, right. Stuart Eminem. Right, you know, that right. Guy's like Leonard, that. Like Leonard Kirk. Leonard Kirk. And these people have, you know, have... Uh, Jeff Lemire. Yeah, Lemire was at our shop. Yeah, these people have proven themselves right. in, in, in the industry. How about having... You know, Casey at our shop. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, ah, oh, I got it. But why not? I know, but it's right. it's work. Right. Right? It's right. effort. It's 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 work that will uh, supersede other work. And, right. And, you know, and then you prioritize as, as, as a, a, a shopkeep or right. as a shop in general. Right, right. And, 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 the, you, and the problem is you, you don't see a dollar sign at the end of it. Right. Right. And, and you make mistakes. But you... Because the fact that you don't see a dollar sign doesn't mean that there isn't a dollar mm-hmm. sign in it. You just don't see the forest from the trees type. Right, right. Uh, sorry. No, the tree from the forest. I don't know how to the say forest that. forest for the trees. Right. Um, but so <sighs> comic shops are hard. Comic shops are hard. I think comic shops. You know what? You know what comic shops su- like suck at? What's like that? I, I told you before is acting as a unit. Acting as oh, yeah. a collective bargaining unit that can have influence on yeah. Marvel, that can have influence on DC, Terrible that can idea. have influence on a distributor. We're, like I said before, we're the, we're worst, the worst vagabonds, individual. You think, you, you think like, we're a, like pirates. We're uh, like pirates. Yeah. Arr. Well, because you, you think, uh, you know, uh, a thousand stores, whatever it is, 2,500 2, in North America, in North roughly. America yeah. If they all got together, and said acted want, as one we want this yeah and you know you might get somewhere but right. you, you don't you never the do. worst the worst yeah. so we're, all, we're our own worst enemies we're treated like crap by 
the publishers. The publishers are actually trying to do away with us. Right. The publishers are actually trying to circumvent us. Absolutely. And it's nobody's fault but ours. No, that's right. Really, it isn't. Right? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, in, in the last 30 years, uh, of the number of comic book stores that you've been into, how many would you want to go back to? Right. Right? right. And that's part of right. the problem. But like I said, it, 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 we are our own worst enemy. We, we are despised by the publishing industry. We are uh, neglected by the entertainment industry. We are, you know, there's some beautiful, beautiful initiatives that when they work, they work like a charm. Like a buddy down in Florida that came up with Free Comic Book Day. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then you hear you have Huge Jackman yeah. uh, uh, doing a PSA yeah. on Free Comic Book Day. Head into your local comic book shop. You know, yeah. I mean, can you imagine... That's one guy. That's one comic book guy that, in the last 20 years. <laughs> that's done something. Out of 2,500 that was able to unite us <laughs> as, a, as a unit. Yeah. Right? One. Yeah. Okay? Can you imagine that? Uh, just 10%. That's 250 of those type of ideas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 1%, Chris. <laughs> There's 25 of those ideas. Yeah, you still don't how even have that. How huge is Free Comic Book Day and how helpful is it is to the industry right. or was to the industry? Imagine having 25 events, two a month yeah. rather than one a year yeah. that are that helpful to the industry? Yeah. No, we have one. <laughs> well, you, okay, you have, you, you have started, uh, tried to start some things with, you know, comics for... Comics for grades. For grades, yeah, right? Yeah, I know, but that hasn't caught on yet, but we're not giving up. Right, right. Yeah. right. So, so, listen, it sounds like there's a lot going on as far as uh, what you need to make a successful comic book store. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a thankless task. Uh, but at the end of the day, if I, if I could end it on something, uh, comic shops are as good as the people to support them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, what we used to do at our old show yes. was always end it with, please go out and, and support your local comic book shop. Yeah. So we encourage everybody to do that and uh, talk some sense to them, yell at them, shake them down, say, hey, pal, do things right. <laughs> Good luck with all that. Yeah. Listen, uh, we're all out of time again, unfortunately. Uh, but listen, uh, as Walt said, go out, support your local comic book retailer. Buy something new. Buy something different, maybe. Give them a chance. Uh, go to a different store, maybe. Give them a chance, too. And uh, have yourself a great day. See you next week.